Hi, I'm Victoria Urquhart, and this is Walk Left, the podcast. And I'm Marty Chador. Thanks for joining us. You've got a show coming up. Yep, the Shakespeare in Hospitals Showcase. So it is a little bit of a taste of what we do in hospitals on a week-to-week basis. We're going to dig into exactly what people can expect to see. But before we do, uh, tell me a little bit about the spur of the moment Shakespeare Collective. The collective started back in 2010. I was in my final year at University of Windsor, and I kind of went, oh, geez, now what? I did my, I did my big showcase to the agents. What do I, what do I want to do from here? And, uh, thank goodness for our professors who plowed into our brains that you will need to fight to keep working. So, uh, I said, well, uh, I want to keep working and I want to keep working on Shakespeare. So we're gonna, we're gonna found a collective and, uh, we're gonna start a conversation with other emerging artists like me who are just as passionate about this kind of stuff. And, uh, so from there we started with Shakespeare on the Subway. And uh, it started out as a means of giving kids a chance to examine Shakespeare outside of school. Because it's the middle of the summer, you know, kids get so much crammed down their throats throughout the school year. Um, they they need a chance to relax, digest, and, you know, just get offered little things to, to play with in, and to, to, you know, wrap their brains around in the summertime, so... So it was, so you were like, you were targeting teenagers on the subway in the summer? Yeah, it was, it was more so geared towards youth. Um, and it was great because the YMCA, many YMCAs in and around Toronto would take their kids on the subways. And right. all of a sudden we've got, we've got a huge audience of kids who don't, don't quite know what the language is all about, but they're, they're getting this, this firsthand experience of, of, Brutus and Cassius, um, Romeo and Juliet, uh, the jailer's daughter. That was the best one because we had this one actor who, um, <laughs> she, she, she went to the little, the, the littlest of the little girls and she was like, once he kissed me and the girls, they just gasped so much and they were so excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's really great for kids to get a grasp on that so soon. It was it was largely aimed towards uh, kids who had had Shakespeare crammed down their throats in high school, and it's not so much that they didn't get it; it's that you know they were forced to read it, or they were forced to listen to that recording where everybody's saying it with some sort of inflection, but all it comes out is a bunch of English accents, and it's not super exciting. One of, one of the big things I think for me was when, when I was in, uh, when I was in high school, I got the opportunity to, I got to go to Stratford. Not many schools get to do that. And there are a lot of Shakespeare shows out there that are, you know, they're, they're pay what you can is 20 bucks a pop. And there are schools out there where <laughs> even that is a struggle. And it's, that was a lot of what we were, geared towards at first is just giving kids an opportunity to watch Shakespeare without having to like analyze the hell out of it and and you know look at it till their eyeballs fall out because they're just it's what the teacher told them to do it's all of a sudden this exciting new 
thing that's that shows up on the subway and they don't they may not get it at the time and you know the language is really foreign or whatever but it that experience of having something new and and lively happen on the subway that isn't fisticuffs or <laughs> yeah i just used fisticuffs um, i believe that's the first use of fisticuffs on the podcast so yes. well done providing providing first-hand experience as a teaching tool and coming from a perspective that's not logic-based, argument-based, the wrong way that they teach it. The, I think one of the, the biggest mistakes that's, that's made right now in our Toronto education of Shakespeare, um, I guess this isn't so much Toronto as everywhere, it's taught from a really logical perspective. And don't get me wrong, the argument is so important. But if it's not, if it's not looked at from a human perspective, from an emotional perspective, then what's fueling the argument? And so that's where a lot of kids get lost. That's where a lot of teachers get lost in, in trying to, trying to show these kids, like, what's going on. It becomes very dry and very philosophical. I remember going through high school and going, what is this? I don't understand this. I want to understand this. Where can I get the information? And I couldn't until I saw a, a Shakespeare play for the first time and just and got overwhelmed and flooded with information and experience and and then of course you know there's there's doing the research and then there's experiencing it firsthand and being able to see people on the subway having these responses to what we were doing and not just any responses but really positive responses people who were who were strangers one second who were very politely you know ignoring each other even though they were less than a centimeter away like even though they were their their legs were touching but they were pretending it wasn't real it wasn't there all of a sudden you know they're turning to each other going did you see that yeah i think that was a you know what? I did this in high school. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, this is, this is awesome. I'm so and so, by the way. And like all of a sudden they've made a connection because we, we offered a, an, an opportunity to connect, I believe, without, with, without it having to be too direct. It was offering an invitation instead of saying, you need to do this now. And that's, that's compelling theater for me. That's when someone turns around to a total stranger and goes, did you just see that? That's a great way to make connections. So yeah, it, what, it started out as just, I want to create. And then from there it became, well, no, I really want to offer this as a platform for other people to connect. It's interesting because you never know with a, with a subway, like what you're going to get. As an audience, <laughs> I'm guessing. Any, oh, yeah. any uh, interactions with other than people shaking hands and becoming <laughs> lifelong friends? <laughs> there are, there are, uh, there were tons of experiences, um, good and bad. But you know, for every for every one bad, there were like ten more people saying, "Oh God, this is what the TTC needs. Thank you for doing this." And that was awesome. Getting applause, we were not expecting applause, and we got it on our second performance. And that you get really overwhelmed when that happens because it's theater in an unexpected place. Your audience 
is not expecting it. You're you're almost not expecting it, but then it, yeah, the performance happens, and and to know that they appreciate that. Oh, we we had there was one point where where we were performing, and these guys were standing off in the corner, of like, oh man, what are they doing? Is that theater? I think it's I think it's theater. And then we finished the scene, and uh, our monitors were sticking behind to make sure that everything was was okay. And they were like, oh, man, I knew it was theater. Nobody frolics in 2010. <laughs> that, that, was our, that was our tagline for a while for us, is nobody frolics in 2010. <laughs> you started off, and that was the first sort of push with Spur of the Moment Shakespeare was the sort of the subway approach. Yeah, yeah. And then how did that transition to what you're prepping for now? Well, uh, we, we finished Shakespeare on the subway and I wasn't sure whether we were going to keep going. And then, uh, <laughs> my, my grandmother called us up and said, uh, I saw, I saw the, the article in the news. I saw you guys on TV. I'd love if you could come to our, uh, senior residence. And so we went out and we, we did our material there and, <laughs> My grandmother, being the wonderful old lady she was, she got to hang out with us, and we made a we made a whole day out of it. Um, and uh, that was actually it, it's it's a big deal for me because that was actually her last day on Earth. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I I look back at that and I think, no, that's that's exactly how I would have spent it. You know, that's. That's really empowering and really like I everything that I wanted to say to her, I got to say to her, and everything I wanted to do with her, I got to do with her. So that was that was a really big kickoff for me, and that was a really positive ex- experience for me. So after having gone through the grieving process of that, I I was looking back at at what we had done for the residents and what what kind of impact we had and I went geez this is like we can't not do this now and it it actually became adopted into the into the theater mandate the theater's mandate from there uh that we that we do cyclical benefit projects so it's not just about emerging artists you know honing their craft and cultivating this creative conversation about Toronto and involving, you know, classical text. It's now more so we have that exploration. We go, we, we go as far as, as we can go within the amount, short amount of time that we have. And then we take the results of that and we share that with communities and with, with residents and, and facilities that really appreciate it and really need that as a form of entertainment, catharsis, reprieve, whatever. What's the process like then working on classical text in these situations where the one thing you're sure of is going to be, there's going to be a floor standing underneath you. And other than that, you don't, you know, to be working with an actor. And, so it's essentially, I'm guessing, just a, like a lot of text work. Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of text work. A lot of blocking the moment to moment, a lot of what are you fighting for, a lot of playing with stakes and really being able to structure from there, but not necessarily nailing down the blocking. When it comes to preparation for certain performances, we definitely place some rough outline of blocking, but it's really flexible and it's really loosey-goosey. 
a lot of it is is playing every obstacle as an opportunity and we we work particularly with Shakespeare in hospitals we do a lot of clown work with it so that when it comes down to the day and we have that audience of one or 50 or too many we uh it's it's easy to work around whatever distractions are thrown our way whatever space we get crammed into because we're we're facilitating an interaction with the audience and we're we're okay and we feel safe giving that vulnerability to them and at the same time being able to take in their vulnerabilities because we have no idea what's on the other side of that patient's door we have no idea you know what they're dealing with that day and being sensitive to that and being able to take that in and still bring them a show is uh <laughs> it's it's totally why we do it it's amazing through all of the, the, the stuff that you go through in, in theater school and, and the number of papers that you write until 3 a.m. and you're wondering if you're ever going to see the light of day and, and it's, it's one of those things where to, to have a positive experience with, with a project, with a program like this over and over and over again, it's, there's something good there. There's something really good there. And, you know, not every, not every theater experience, not every process is going to be good, but to, to be able to get that out of, and like, it's always a learning experience, but, you know, th there are some points where you, you go, oh man, I'm really struggling with this. I don't, I, 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 I'm not enjoying this as much as I would, but this, this, it's like every time, every time. Tell us a, a bit about specifically what's happening on the nights that you're presenting this uh, in a more traditional sort of theater fashion. Well, uh, it's it's going to be a little bit of uh, our it's going to be our staged uh, performance. Basically, we work in three formats. We we do uh, private room visitations, open space format, which it uses elements of street theater, um, and then we use uh, the staged version, which some hospitals are are funded well enough to give us a stage, which is really cool. Um, and some some hospitals, they give us a, play, a playing space and they'll set up chairs around us. Uh, so what we're doing is we're going to the Winchester Kitchen and we are making use of their stage space. It's a really cool cabaret space. I just went in the other night. Oh my goodness. So we're, we're going to be taking a staged version. There's a chronological order to it where... The scenes are, there, there is no, like, particular play order. There's just the scenes, the monologues, the choral pieces, and, uh, we shift energy so quickly. So, what makes it really fascinating is not so much the pieces that we're doing, but, uh, it's what I find really interesting is the exchange. Uh, how one person at one minute is playing Juliet and then the next to Twelfth Night and how we make that transformation and how we make that with the audience and how we make that transition to As You Like It or to Gentlemen of Verona. We span so many different plays, but what really, what really makes it exciting is how quickly we just, we, how quickly we take that energy that we've just been given from that scene and transform it into something new. And then find like an overall kind of arc so that there are, there are climaxes and, 
and how they feed the next scene and the next scene. So how are how are the there's two evenings, right, that you're doing? Yes. How are the two evenings sort of laid out in terms of people sit down and then you just jump right into it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what we're going to be doing is uh, we're we're going to be going with the chronological order that we usually use for stage performances, but uh, with this particular performance, uh, we're going to be including anecdotes from our experiences uh, throughout the past two months. Uh, some funny patients that we've encountered, uh, some really touching moments that we've encountered, uh, just the way, the way that, uh, that it works and how theater as, as a, a, as a healing tool can really, can really be beneficial for, not just for, for the, the people we're performing for, but for the artists too. The Shakespearean Hospital Showcase is taking place on... December 17th and the 18th at 8 p.m. And if people want to go online somewhere to get more information, they can visit... www.spuroftheMomentShakespeare.weebly.com Or go to Facebook and look up Shakespearean Hospital Showcase. It's at the Winchester Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have an upcoming Toronto-based performing arts project or production, I want to talk to you about it. Visit walkleft.ca.